Corinthians traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithyan, but the Spirit of Jesus would not let them. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Thermosros, and the next day we went on to Neapolis. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony, and the leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the woman who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshipper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. And when she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. That's the end of the first reading. Replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. This is the word of the Lord. Been given a, a word here, um, a picture of a large present wrapped in blue with a red ribbon on, and bow, and the word jubilee above it. Uh, it relates to 50 years. The Lord is going to give a special present to someone, and it relates to 50 years of their life. It's a special gift and a good gift, uh, starting afresh, a restoring of the years the locusts have eaten a paying of debts, and a new and clean start. So if that is for you, then please do come uh, to the uh, corner here after the service uh, as we uh, close, and people will be pleased to pray for you. So, Father, we ask that you would open your words to us, that we may see afresh the power and purpose of the gospel and how we may be uh, 
living in that purpose and power in our lives. For Jesus' sake, amen. So last Sunday, after the evening service at Forge, which was fantastic, and if you haven't been, you ought to, 6.30 tonight. Uh, last week, after Forge service, some of us went to the pub, as we sometimes do. Several of us in this room were there, and they will testify to what I have to say next. It was Jason who put an empty beer bottle on the table, and immediately... It slid along the table away from him towards me. <laughs> Ooh, we all said. And we put the bottle back, and it did the same thing. <laughs> and again, and again, and we were all having a bit of a laugh, the spooky dookies. Oh, say again. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to say it was my round, apparently. Well, I didn't discern it in that manner. A young woman uh, came along collecting glasses and bottles, and look at this, we said. And she said, oh, we've got a table over there where the glasses slide straight, straight off the table. And, uh, and that developed into a whole conversation about the gospel. Now, in Acts chapter 16, Paul is a preacher looking for a place to preach. It was clear to Paul, because of his experiences, that the gospel was for all people throughout the world. And he felt that he had a special, particular calling to go and preach to the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, the people beyond the confines of the faith. So he sets off on a great missionary journey. He does three of them, in fact, and this is his second missionary journey. Uh, he goes up into Asia on the first, and this one sends him off to Europe. Uh, he goes to preach the good news uh, and to plant new churches, and he traveled, as he did, with some companions. And uh, on this particular journey, he met up with Luke, the writer of the book of Acts, and that's why uh, the text in this particular place starts talking about we. We did this and we uh, did that. Uh, so he travels with these companions who are helping him in the work, and uh, they're fairly clear on what God wants them to do. Preach. That's their journey's purpose. But like in the pub... The story that we read tells us um, that it's the Holy Spirit that leads them to the right place. So the first thing to notice is that Paul and his companions go where the gospel could be preached. Uh, and no recrimination, by the way, for... Um, for trying to go to the places where it can't be preached. None of that kind of, oh, we've got it wrong and you're an idiot and, you know, can't you hear God better? None of that. Just go where the gospel can be preached and try and work it out along the way. So the verses put it very interestingly. Paul and his companions travel throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, 
having been kept by the Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. And when they came to the province of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. Now, how they were prevented, we don't really know. Maybe it was that there's some fruitful ministry already being done there, and Paul wanted particularly uh, to go uh, to places where the gospel hadn't been heard. Uh, Maybe there was some opposition or a legal ban. Who knows what it was? Maybe they had some inward feeling that it was wrong. Nobody knows why they were not permitted by the Holy Spirit. But what we can see is that it's common for us to be guided by negative influences. Guided by the negative things. It's as if Paul is saying to God, God, I know where you want me to preach. I know you do want me to preach. Where should I preach? And God says, oh, preach anywhere you like, Paul but not over there. Oh, and don't do it over there either. It's kind of cancelling out the options as he goes along. And oftentimes, don't we hear God through the negative things that prevent us, that get in the way, that stop us actually uh, doing what we think we ought to do. And when when it gets like that, we, of course, we can be disheartened. We know that from the journey of buying this place. When we were so frustrated that the deal wasn't being done. Why can't it all be complete and we can own this place? And what we discover is that because it was delayed for, well, nearly 18 months, we were twenty or £30,000 better off because they never charged us rent for the time. And when the deal was done, there was a clause in it that said, any outstanding debt is written off. (laughs) Praise God! (laughs) That he wouldn't allow us to buy it until the time was right. So we don't need to feel guilty that we're not hearing God right, or that we're working against his will. Paul was trying to serve God by preaching, but God, it seems, was preventing him. They traveled hundreds of miles without any fruitful work being done. And yet there's no recrimination. There wasn't any blame or worry, at least in the way that Luke tells it, that they were being disobedient. They simply pressed on. So they pressed on past Mysia and went down to Troas. So if you can't take the road southwest into Asia and you can't take the road north to Bithynia, well, let's just keep going on the road we're going, heading west until we get to the end. And they get to Troas, a little seaport out on a peninsula by the Aegean Sea, just below the Bering Straits. It's the end of the line, and there's nowhere to go. And when there was nowhere to go, that's when God spoke in the positive. That's when the guidance comes that says, go here. 
when all the options seem exhausted. And often it is like that. You know, we work at some project, maybe we're not preachers, but maybe we've been, I don't know, trying to bring up the kids, or maybe we've been working in some uh, 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 ambition in our job or a ministry objective or whatever, and it's not working out. And all of these negative things are, are preventing us doing it. And we come to the end of ourselves. And that's the point. We've sang, all my life you have been faithful. And it seems that, I don't know, when our faithlessness comes to an end, that's when God's faithfulness takes over. He provides the answer when we've come to the end of ourselves. When we've got no other idea. And the reason is that God meets us at our point of need. And he meets us most at our point of deepest need. He doesn't meet us at the point of, we can do it on our own, thank you very much. He meets us when we have no other option, no other place to go. During the night, Paul has a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over here and help us. This is it. Somewhere new. Europe. A whole new continent. A whole new area where the gospel hasn't got to. Note, by the way, that Christianity is an Eastern religion. Coming to Europe not a European religion going east. That's just a bit of history. They weigh it up, having had this dream. We can't preach here, we can't preach there. There's this new place. And they get ready at once to go for Macedonia, concluding that God had called them to preach the gospel to them. And they, they act straight away, sailing from Troas the two days uh, to Neapolis and then moving on to Philippi where they stayed. So Paul, you see, this preacher who went where the gospel could be preached and it was all a bit trial and error. Life in Christ is often trial and error. And discovering what God wants to do is just like that. Not clear until we find the place. So, in the pub last Sunday, I said, would you like me to say a prayer about that table where the glasses keep falling off? <laughs> and she, she said, oh, I'm not very good at praying. I said, don't worry, it's what I do. And she, <laughs> she, she looked at my dog collar and said, oh, are you the new vicar? Never mind, I've been going there for seven years. <laughs> Are you the new vicar? I'm sorry, she said. I'm not religious. And all of us around the table said, neither are we. <laughs> You've got it. She seemed not to pick up on that. Do you mean get someone to do an exorcism, she said. I said, let's not talk about an exorcism. Let's just talk about saying a prayer. Well, are you coming, she said, 
to sing carols this year because I love that. See, it seemed I'd stumbled into a moment. I'd come to a place where the gospel might be preached. Not planned at all. I was just there for a drink. But it was a prompting and a a prodding. And maybe that prompting and prodding was by God. Well, if going where the gospel could be preached is all a bit hit and miss, speaking where the gospel could be heard is the next point. And it has a bit more strategy about it. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. So they went on the Sabbath, the Jewish day of worship, to speak at the place of prayer where Jewish believers gathered. The people who knew the background to the gospel that they were speaking. And they looked for this place of prayer down by the river where people would be interested in what they were going to say. So there it is. Pick your time and pick your people. Paul didn't waste time speaking in places where there was no interest. He didn't waste energy speaking to people uh, who weren't going to listen. He spoke where the gospel could be heard. We sat down, he says, and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. This is where God is at work, amongst the Jewish women worshipping in Philippi. So Paul and his companions, Luke and the others, joined with him in the work that God was doing. And one of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer of purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshipper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. I will come, I said to the woman in the pub. Let me get my diary. Well, I'll need to get the manager, she said. No problem, says I. And so the manager came over, the young woman explained, and we made the date. 14th of December, it's a Wednesday, uh, and put it in your diary. It is actually a St. Mary's event, but we're all going, okay? <laughs> to sing carols. And the manager was all taken up with the practicalities of the moment. And she said, I could bring my Santa outfit... I haven't got written down what I actually said but I'll tell you anyway I said yeah let's put him on the cross and combine Easter as well (laughs) the young woman said (laughs) the young woman said how did he get in on it anyway which I thought was a good question And I said, well, there was a chap in Germany who was a believer, and around Christmas time when the church celebrated the birth of Jesus, he did nice things, and his name was Nicholas. Ah, old Nick, she said. (laughs) 
I've heard, I've heard of him. <laughs> I said, no, that might be someone a bit different. And she looked at me and she said, I need to come and talk to you about the things I don't know. Anytime, says I, you have my number. See, we may be surprised at whom the gospel will be heard by. Paul went to Philippi in response to a vision of a Macedonian man and finished up talking to an Asian woman. Lydia was probably not her name. It was the region she came from. And uh, she was from this town of Thyatira in the region of Lydia, which is now what we call southern Turkey. A woman from Lydia living in Philippi. You see, it doesn't matter who they are. The gospel is for them. And our fellowship has a degree of ethnic diversity. We have people from England here. <laughs> and from Scotland, and from Wales, and from Zimbabwe, and Malaysia, and Nigeria, and Ireland, and Pakistan, and France, and oh, Trinidad, Trinidad. Sorry, Manuti, I forgot it. And probably more, I don't know. And all of them want to hear the gospel. All God's children sharing in the gospel together because the gospel is a gospel for all nations. And we speak where the gospel will be heard, even in the land of pub. And if it's preached where it's heard, then the thing to do when it is heard is to stay where the gospel is welcomed. When Lydia and her, the members of her household were baptized, she invited us into her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. There's an awful lot in that being persuaded because these were... Uh, these were Christian men uh, traveling on their own, single men probably, or maybe not single, but not with a, a female entourage. And here is this dealer in haute couture, purple, uh, and all her ladies who were the models and the members of her household. And she's inviting the men into their house and all of that kind of connotations of, uh, of what that kind of could mean. But for the sake of the gospel... Paul and his companions went. She persuaded us, Luke says. And how, see how Lydia, having opened her heart to the gospel, opens her home to God's people. She took her place in the fellowship, sharing in the gospel ministry. She wasn't the preacher, but she allowed her house to be used for the purpose. It becomes a meeting house for the Christians in that place. So Paul and his companions stay there 
to nurture the faith of this household because from one convert would come the whole church in Philippi. And this is why it's important that we remain together in worship. It's why it's important for us to pray together. It's why we take our place in fellowship groups. If you're not in one, get in one. See Anita. It's why our meeting together is a priority in our lives. Because from us, from us, the future church in this place will come and the gospel will go out. So we nurture our faith together, sharing in the prayers for mission, serving one another from our gifts and resources. The third thing, the third thing is that we need people on the coffee rotor. See Nadia, who is standing there. Standing, Nadia. The convener of the coffee rotor. We need people on our coffee rotor for our fellowship to flourish after the services, people. Maybe God reminded me at this moment what the third thing was in the preaching. That's how important notices are. Put them in the preaching. Building God's church for the future, thinking how we can be people who together express our faith in this neighborhood. And don't underestimate what God has in mind. See, Paul and his companions went to Philippi with the idea of planting a church in the city, and God's purpose was the conversion of the whole of Europe. We thought we were building a church to worship here, who would have imagined what it's become? Who can imagine what it might be into the future? Lydia was the first person to come to faith on European soil. And it was Europe that preserved the faith, the Christian faith, through the collapse of the Roman Empire and the Dark Ages and then has exported it back to the east and the south. That's why we think Christianity is a European faith, but it's not. Who knows what the young woman in the pub may have started. It may be that she's a kind of Lydia, a Lydia of Great Baddo, who in the end, welcomes the gospel and opens up the network of people to the possibilities of hearing that gospel for themselves. Maybe someone who hears it on the 14th of December might be another Lydia. Could you be a Lydia? Today, Offering resources for the week, of, uh, your resources for the work of God's mission. See, through our mission in this neighborhood and through our partnerships with the worldwide church, we're part of a much bigger plan. Plans that we have no idea about.
but plans that we may glimpse as we read what God did through Lydia and may imagine ourselves bearing her name to the people we meet. Paul went where the gospel could be preached. He spoke where the gospel could be heard and he stayed where the gospel was welcomed. And it's an example for us to see how we, following God's leading, can be part of much greater plan of God to bring his gospel to all people and every nation. And as I said, even in Publand. May God bless our intentions, our hearing of the word, and our work in his name. Amen.